Welcome back to another Youth Centered Podcast. I'm very excited to have two guests from the middle school, two middle school educators uh, that are running a terrific program, the ADL program here. And I'm going to have them introduce themselves. And then we're going to talk about this great program and some of the things that have gone on in the past, some of the things that are going on this year. And then we'll always talk about what the future of the program will be. So ladies, let me introduce uh, Michaela first. Um, if you could, now Michaela, you've been a longtime resident of <laughs> North End over here. But for the few people people that may not know you. Who is Michaela Blaney? <laughs> well, first, thanks, Rick, for having us. Um, again, I'm Michaela Blaney. I grew up in North Andover, grew up hanging out here at the Youth Center, although it was not the same Youth <laughs> Center it is center, today. Yeah. We called it the Red Barn. It consisted of just going into the Red Barn, using the bathroom, and coming back outside to play Ooh. basketball all day. Um, but some of the best times of my life. Um, I've been teaching in North Andover for 18 years, 14 years at the Atkinson School teaching phys ed, and then for the last four years at the middle school teaching fitness and wellness with Matt Abel, grades six through eight. Absolutely. Michaela was a terrific athlete when she was here in the high school also. And our second guest is Rebecca. Rebecca, you want to introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Rebecca Ducheno. I teach seventh grade social studies at NAMS. This is my fourth year here. Um, I didn't grow up here, so I don't have as much to say as Michaela. But yeah, I love North Andover and we're excited to be here. Well, welcome to both of you. Let's get started. Uh, either one of you can take this. Um, I'm just, let's just define right now, what is ADL? Okay, so ADL stands for the Anti-Defamation League. It's an organization, international organization, that was founded in 1913. And um, it really started to kind of combat anti-Semitism and kind of evolved to basically um, provide you know, fairness and justice for everyone. Um, at the middle school, we call our program A World of Difference. It's through ADL, and it's for middle school and high school students. Um, and basically we talk, um, you know, we do projects and talk to sixth graders about, um, you know, justice and talk about prejudice and how those prejudice manifest. Um, so we have in our program over 40 students this year. And those are both middle school and high school kids, did you say? So we just um, have middle school kids okay. the high school does has a different program it's not a world of difference program through adl but um some high schools do have um high school adl programs right now it's just at the middle school okay great rebecca um so how did you you get involved and did you guys start the program at the middle school or did it exist before you guys got involved so what happened was a couple of years ago our now superintendent, Greg Gilligan, had worked to get the World of Difference program here. He had worked to get the funding, to get all the permissions that he needed. And then last year, we were both, or no, two years ago now, actually, two years ago when Joan McQuaid was the pre uh, principal, I almost said president, mm -hmm. principal of NAMS, um, she had a bunch of people submit applications and we were fortunate enough, to, fortunate enough to be chosen as the two peer leaders. So last year was our first year, lots of trial and error. Our kids were awesome and were great guinea pigs. And this year we've really been able to hit the ground running with it. So let's talk about this a little bit. Um, I saw you with your first training because actually you used the uh, multi-purpose room here at the youth center for part of your training. So, you know, people always ask, how do kids get involved with it? So uh, is there an application process? Um, do you look for kids for different grades? How does it all work? So the great thing about this program is that um, grades seven through eight, everyone's invited to apply. 
Um, there is an application process. So there are um, a list of questions that are sent home. Um, students can either send them in through email or they can send them in handwritten. Um, so again, it's only seventh and eighth grade students because we do teach lessons. Those students that are chosen teach lessons to sixth graders. Sixth graders will be given the chance to be part of the program if they apply in seventh and eighth grade. Um, after applying, um, Rebecca and I and um, George also look at the applications and we try to have a diverse group. We try to look to have boys, girls. We try to um, look to have you know students in different grades, students of different races. Also, we take um, recommendations from teachers and other students on who they think would be good leaders in the school. Rebecca, if you want to add to that. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things about our criteria to be chosen is that while we are looking for students who can handle missing classes every once in a while we're not necessarily narrowing the pool down to kids who just have straight A's or just have straight A's and B's we're really looking for kids who come from you know all groups in our middle school whether it's our academic high flyers or some kids who struggle more um, we're really just looking for kids who are passionate about the work that we're doing. Yeah, I mean, that, that's great. I mean, I'm involved with a lot of leadership groups here, both at the youth center, but also involved with the, the schools. And, you know, it, this is a program, obviously, with like a, a very diverse population. Um, and, you know, we've had even some leadership programs here that are strictly girls, um, because girls tend to sign up mm -hmm. for things more than boys. But I've noticed uh, just at your training, that it seems like you have a wide range of kids, a wide range of obviously kids with from a diverse backgrounds, um, everything from economics to race to um, you know gender and everything else so so after the kids are chosen um, you know what what is the first step so first of all, what is the time commitment for this program so the time commitment the regular time commitment throughout the school year is a once a week meeting that's about 45 47 minutes long it takes place in my classroom and it's on Tuesdays then at the beginning of the year there's an additional requirement where students miss four whole days of school for training with people who come from the Anti-Defamation League who specifically work with peer leaders, training them to get ready to facilitate lessons on bias, prejudice, and discrimination. So that's the big one at the beginning of the year. And then for the rest of the year, it's a once a week meeting. So I saw it because you actually had that one of those guest speakers at the training here at the Youth Senate you did. So um, is there a set training that the that they do? Um, is there is this stuff that they actually train you to continue doing it or is it something they strictly do with the kids? The answer to your first two questions is absolutely yes. They do have a very well fleshed out curriculum to get peer leaders ready. It's also a curriculum that we lean on for the rest of the year and use pretty much every single time we meet with them. There's training books, activities, and the people who have come to us from the Anti-Defamation League have been so prepared and so amazing. What would some of that training take? Walk us through it. Like, What are some of the training stuff they would actually do? So the training basically is divided into two pieces. Um, the first part, and also Rebecca and I did, um, we were involved in a training in Vermont, a two-day um, program where we actually learned how to train students. So um, our the trainer, the two trainers that ADL sent this year for the four trainings, um, we actually knew one of them because we went through training with her. Oh. She was a classroom teacher and she decided 
during that training that this was actually her passion. She wanted to train students, so she left teaching and um, was one of our trainers this year. But um, the um, the I'm sorry. Can you? Ask me? <laughs> I got off track. No, I just yeah. you know if you could actually walk us through. So yes. when the kids so, are here in the training, what correct. what are some of the things? Is it team building stuff? Right. What are some of the things they? So do? the two parts that I was um, going to get to before I forgot the question was. Um, we talk about the isms, which are, for example, racism, sexism, weightism. We train students on what those things are, what they look like. Do they happen in our school? Some of them do. Some of them, students didn't know what they were because they've never seen them before. So we talk about that. And then we also um, break them up into groups and teach them how to facilitate lessons that they will later on do um, for sixth graders during the year. Nice. Rebecca, did you want to add anything on that? No, I mean, I think Michaela covered it. We really, the first part of it, we're covering all that content that she mentioned, bias, prejudice, what is identity. And then the second part, we're doing activities and forcing them to get up in front of everybody and teach something, which is really challenging for them. Awesome. Now, let me ask you, because this is a little bit of the elephant in the room. So, um, and I, I always get people turned off with stuff when it's there's a cost involved and how much is to put the program on. So how is this program funded? So this program is funded by the district through, I believe, the social emotional department. Oh, kind great. Of. Um, so we've had issues in the past, like every school everywhere, with discrimination and prejudice and all of that among students, teachers, you know, the whole gambit. And so uh, Greg Gilligan with, you know, Nikki Murphy and all of them up at Central Office really worked hard to bring this program to our building. So you've got tremendous support. I've heard, I've heard Superintendent Gilligan talk about it. Um, so how do you think it's been perceived from your community and your community being the middle school, obviously your peers, teachers, um, you know, staff throughout the building? Is this a program that you feel like you've got complete support from the building princ principal all the way down? I feel like we definitely do. I don't think this program would be successful without everyone buying into it. First of all, anytime you have a program at your school where it allows for students um, to feel safe, for students that might not be able to speak up for themselves, for other students to be able to you know, be their ally, I can't picture any staff member at the middle school not being all for that. So um, definitely in that way. And then also, teachers really go above and beyond. Our students... Mm -hmm miss a class every Tuesday. Sometimes it's the same one, sometimes it's a different one. We very rarely to never hear a complaint from a teacher that they might have to stay after school for a student to make up a test or you know, students might have to go in at the, at the teacher's lunchtime and get an assignment. So I think without teachers buying into it, without their support, this would not be successful. And we do have students that every once in a while do struggle in a class because they are missing time. Um, and we, of course, allow them to, you know, miss a meeting or two and make up work. But we could not ask for any more support. I don't think. And George yeah. Gonsalves has been great. Steve and Cheryl as well. Yeah, awesome. our, we have the most supportive administrators you could ever ask for, both Steve and Cheryl and George. And then George, also the principal. I mean, it's just incredible. We've never, ever bumped into any resistance like everybody's just behind us it's great so you said the first year was last year and you were kind of walking your way through it and trying to figure everything out uh tell me a little bit about what are some of the things that you did besides obviously the training stuff like what take me through the first year and those uh bumpy roads so to speak as you're building this program <laughs> yeah so we really had no idea 
what to expect. Over the summer training when we were in Vermont with the ADL, you know, they had laid everything out, but it's so different when you actually try to implement it with a group of, you know, wonderful but sometimes wacky middle school students <laughs> and with a you know a tight schedule in our day so at the beginning of the year our four trainings went great then we started meeting with our kiddos once at you know every other week and we got to a slow start we like we were like we have all the time in the world <laughs> to get ready for our sixth grade facilitations and then we were like wait it's January. We really have to pick up the pace. But last year, we did a culture quilt at the middle school where all of our students made these... I'm trying to think about how to describe it, but essentially these squares of paper that they decorated with things about their heritage and their culture. And we got so many submissions from all the students. We hung them up all over the school. It was really wonderful. We participated in Race Amity Day up at the high school. Sure. Um, that was really amazing. And we went to our favorite thing, which is the Youth Congress for World of Different Students. And it's held in Boston with students from all over New England. And we are going again. And we could not be more excited for that. So talk a little bit about that. I mean, I saw pictures of that. Um, it seemed like you guys had a great time. And I know kids love getting on a bus and you know doing something for the day. But the pictures that I saw last year from you guys was not just our kids it was the kids from all around the state or whatever what's that whole day like we get on a bus as you mentioned mm -hmm. and then we go to Boston and they get fed breakfast which was unbelievable to them they were like there are scones <laughs> and we were like all about we, the food we, we are never just <laughs> hanging around eating scones in the morning and then we go into a gigantic function room full of thousands of students from all over New England and there was this really cool band performing and then there were some amazing keynote speakers um one of them was oh help me out with the name george album oh yes oh yes okay, okay yep. so there was george album who was the holocaust survivor yeah and then there was oh shoot what was his name zakem first name lenny zakem's son yeah I'm forgetting lenny zakem's son yeah. was yeah. there also because he is the person who kind of started the anti-defamation league um his father not him. And the Zakem Bridge is named after mm -hmm. his father, yep. correct? Yeah. Because they build, build bridges, bridges right. between <laughs> communities. <laughs> um, and then also, there were these powerful student speakers. There was this one girl, she was in high school. Um, her family were immigrants from an African country, and she just talked about the work that she does with advocating for people who face all of these discrimination problems. And our students were sitting there in shock like I'm absolutely amazed that this girl was only in high school I mean she spoke better than most adults mm -hmm. I've ever heard speak Agreed. well so what was the feedback as you head back on the bus back to North End of were kids wowed by this experience I think they definitely were wowed they couldn't wait for this coming year um, and I think really George Elbaum was amazing to hear but I think one of the really cool things was leaving on the bus we we got to actually break up into groups with other kids from different mm -hmm. schools across sure. New England and um, they even had some student presenters that um, presented the facilitations that we do for sixth graders and because we've only had our sixth, our seventh and eighth graders that facilitated that we've seen, I think leaving the kids were really excited. Some of them said to us, "Oh my gosh, now seeing them facilitate, I think we do a better job." So it gave yeah. them a little more confidence because you don't have anything to compare to. So I think it gave them more confidence going into the classroom and facilitating. And actually, this year we are hoping to have four students 
facilitate at this year's conference. Wow, so, so that's we'll in the works. Kids yeah, yes. they're that's gonna great. lead one yeah. of the breakout sessions. Cross our fingers. Good for that. And who are those kids? Are those kids chosen yet? So um, in our heads, they're chosen, but we okay. have to. They don't know. know. Yes, they, they don't, don't know. know. <laughs> I, I bet I'll know some of those yeah. kids that you. But good. We'll talk. Maybe we'll actually do a follow up and have the kids oh, come in to talk about. They would that. love it. it. They would great. impress you. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. So let me ask you something. It's seventh and eighth grade. Is so if you're a seventh grader last year, do you continue on as an eighth grader? And does that eighth grader go to the high school? Is there is there a conduit for them to connect with the high school program? So if they're in seventh grade with us as a peer leader which is what we call our students sure. they get the option to continue with us in eighth grade if they want they don't have to they resubmit an application that's slightly different from the one that new students submit um and pretty much all of our students came back yeah this we year, had which all really so exciting. kids didn't opt out they wanted no. to no to only a couple only a couple okay. who felt a little just overwhelmed with the transition yeah. to eighth grade when they get to high school, there is the Race Amity Group sure. up at the high school, which has a very similar mission in terms of promoting safe environments where everyone feels accepted. So our students can join that program when they reach the high school. Nice. And who's the Race Amity coordinator at the high school? Lorraine Marks. I think it's oh, Lorraine so Marks. Okay, great. So I don't, one of the history teachers. Yes, I don't know I his name, but I believe he is the head of the history department, and I feel really bad for not knowing. Okay, <laughs> so there's a connection, though. So if yes. a kid wanted to go, and through your help, they can at least make sure there's some kids aware that got a little bit of the skill that could carry on yeah. at the high school. And, and obviously, some of the race amity stuff they're doing the last couple of years, I've been extremely impressed with. I love how it's student-driven and... Um, some of the speakers they've had with the kids actually speaking about mm. it. it's been very very yeah. impressive um, so w w what are you doing this year besides obviously heading to Boston for the conference what are some other things you guys will do this year so one of the really cool things that we did in November um, that we were just talking we had spoken for in, at the PD day the other day and I was saying the highlight of me um, for me this year was going to the Atkinson school they had their first annual um, family potluck um, and the goal, one of my good friends, because I taught there, uh, one of the goal goals was to get all families that you know usually don't sh get a chance to show up for mm -hmm. after school stuff or for um, night activities to be involved in this. Um, they have over forty different languages spoken at the Atkinson School, and um, they're brought, these teachers are always curious. We see the same families. We love these families, but we've never met this family. How can we? get them in here so they um, advertised for this and basically parents families came um, they brought a dish from their culture wow. a recipe um, they brought the dish they were laid out in hallways um, they were also invited to bring a book and read it in their language um, the cool thing about that too is that some of these books all students know knew knew about whether it was like Peter Rabbit or and they were um, they were read in their that family's native language, and students that didn't speak this language were watching and listening and laughing at parts that they already knew. So it was pretty cool to see that. They had dancing. Um, students were able to map their um, family's you know, diversity, where they were from. Um, and our students were able to go there. We brought 15 students. They were able to volunteer. They thought not only was it a cool activity for Atkinson School students, but just for our students to see how diverse um, the Atkinson School was. And some of the feedback from teachers was they were so grateful that our students could help. 
but um, also that they met families that they've never met before. Families, they were finding out that, you know, some families don't show up to these things because, you know, mom doesn't have her license and sure. wants to, but they got family friends to come drive them that night. Um, it was just an awesome night. So that was the highlight of the year for me and I think for a lot of the students to, yeah, to be able to be Yeah, and major shout out to Ben Abbott and Fritz Loth who directed traffic <laughs> in the pouring freezing rain. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> in their safety vest. They did great. There were no car accidents. <laughs> nice. So let me ask you, I always try to judge things with like the effect it's having on, on your kids. Um, so as you've been into your second year now, what are, um, what are some things that you're seeing from your, for your peer leaders? Ooh, that's a really good mm. question. So I think the obvious easy one is that when you take a bunch of middle schoolers who are not comfortable speaking in front of their peers about anything, let alone really controversial or difficult to talk about conversations and topics, it's been a pleasure to watch some of our more soft-spoken students, you know, really kind of break out a little bit of their shell and realize, oh, I can do this. I can stand in front of a group of people and facilitate conversations about topics that make everyone really uncomfortable, like race and religion and political views and all of that. So that's been, you know, I know it's a bit of a cop-out answer, but that's a really fun one to see. Yeah, yeah. What one, do you of, see? Um, one of the things that I like seeing this year is since it's a second year program and now um, we're able to see our seventh graders that were peer leaders that are now in eighth grade, they have now a role of mentor to the, um, you know, the sixth graders that they were teaching that are now seventh graders. And I was saying to the other day to Rebecca that it was a little scary to me because I didn't want these eighth graders to go make seventh graders feel like, well, this is how it's done and this is what we did last year and make them feel like they're not doing the right thing. But they have completely filled that mentor role. Um, I feel like our facilitation groups this year will be stronger because we'll have a few eighth graders that did it last year, a few new seventh graders. And then um, I'm loving, we have some eighth graders that were not part of the program last year and I'm loving how they just fit right in. And um, these students are brave. Sometimes it's easy to just go along with like people saying the wrong thing and just standing back. But you know, these students are brave to stand up for students and to speak on, like Rebecca said, on things that can be uncomfortable. You know, Absolutely. that might not yeah. be the in quotes the cool thing or or the easy thing to do. Yeah, and they're also noticing more of the isms like ableism weightism racism in the building because a lot of these things make people uncomfortable where they go like "Ooh, I don't know how I feel about that but they can't put a name to it and if you can't name it um, it doesn't get the attention sometimes it deserves because it's just another teeny issue but if you can point something out and say hey that's you know, that's really anti-Semitic or you shouldn't be doing that because that's kind of racist. That really gives it a gravity and a weight that makes people look up and say, oh, you're right, this is an issue. This is something we need to keep talking about. Well, I think it's it's tremendous what you guys are doing at the middle school and obviously at the high school, but I always wonder, should we be doing even things with the kids at the younger ages? And I like how you were down at the Atkinson School. We talk a lot. I mean, the Atkinson School is our most diverse school. Mm-hmm. It always it always has been in many ways. Um, do you ever see that, you know, once you get your ducks in line and as far as building this program, that there can be maybe more opportunities for our middle school kids to get down to the elementary yeah. school to maybe 
do some training with the elementary yeah. pillars. Mikhail is already ahead of you. <laughs> well, it's funny that you asked that question. Um, so once we get our first facilitation done, which is going to be in the beginning of February, um, we want to get some of our students over to and these two schools we're saying just because they're within walking distance sure. of the middle school, Kittredge School and um, the Atkinson School. We're going to have some of our students go over and um, read to read books on diverse characters to students. I know some of these topics are heavy, so you know you have to kind of see what elementary students can handle, but I think that would be a great way to get conversation started, um, and our, our students are looking forward to doing that. So that's, that's one awesome. of the ways. But I, we're hoping to do more with elementary students. I think that would be Yeah, I mean, this great. could be a total uh, system program. Uh, I did a podcast with uh, the group Understanding Our Differences, which does a lot with both the elementary school and the middle mm -hmm. school. And the more we can do some of those things, uh, we are a change in community. I talk about it a lot. Uh, and I love the fact that it's a change in community. Um, and we need to embrace a lot more of the isms, as you just said. So let me talk to you a little bit about, you know, we, we put these leadership programs together and then we have, you know, we always have assemblies on different issues or whatever. My biggest cop out sometimes is, okay, so what do you do beyond that one-time thing? Now, this is ob isn't obviously a one-time thing you're continuing, but I kind of want to get at is what, so what's the impact, you touched on it, but what's the impact with the middle school community with this program? Are you seeing changes, even on the smallest degree? Yeah, so right now, this is only the second year of our program. Sure. So... In terms of big scale changes, I'm not really sure that I can comment too much on that. But especially with our students, as we've mentioned, you know, they're definitely more willing to call out things that they're seeing. But even with these now seventh graders that I have, my our kids last year facilitated in their sixth grade classrooms. And I can hear a lot of conversations that I haven't heard in the past. And maybe I'm just paying attention more too, but sure. I would like to give us and our kids some credit, <laughs> um, conversations about these, you know, these things like race and gender and gender identity and what is the difference. Um, I'm hearing those conversations a lot more. And I also think that a lot of teachers in the past, at least when I started working there, had brought up concerns about um, whether these issues were being addressed on a large scale or not. And now I feel like some of them, hopefully all, but are feeling that there is at least something being done. There is a program that is training students. I think they're feeling like we are moving in the right direction, and I think that's really important. Um, we've had a lot of you know staff come up to us and tell us positive things about our students who have facilitated that lessons in their classrooms, and they had them as sixth graders. I, you know, I think we're making small changes and I hope those small changes will lead to big changes. Yeah, I actually, to, to piggyback on that, I had a teacher the other day um, come up to me and say, you know what, I'm seeing the students that are in your program during, um, during my class be able to add more conversation because they have experience in this. And so that's pretty cool to hear that, yeah. um, that you know, our students are making connections between history or World Civ. Um, so I'm liking that, that, that they're, um, they're able to incorporate what we're teaching, what they're doing, the work that they're doing into classes. Yeah, and I'd probably like to talk to you in the, in the near future of how we can actually translate this to the youth center, right? So all of your kids, that are, most of your peer leaders are involved here at the youth <laughs> center in some aspect or not. 
Um, but you know, if we can carry it out into the community, obviously you guys are involved with the kids six hours a day during the school day and a little bit after school with your programs, but, um, we got the other end of it, right? We're all afternoon, early evenings, weekends and things like that. So I think there's some real connections we can do with that. So let me, uh, a little bit of a wish list here. So if I could convince superintendent Gilligan to give you an unlimited budget, um, you're only in your second year, but what do you, I, I can tell just by your passion that you both have what would be some things you'd like to take this to a whole different level as educators I don't think we've ever been asked that question (laughs) (laughs) you have an unlimited budget wait what (laughs) oh wow I think it would be really amazing if we could bring in some more speakers for our student speakers from our communities that are doing great work with um you know with the with the stuff that we're doing when we're talking about acceptance of all people I think that would be amazing I think it would also be amazing if we could take them to um oh what was I gonna say if we could take like meet up with other schools who are running this program at times maybe a field trip to another school Mm -hmm. that could be really incredible Yeah. yeah Um, I love this going to visit another school. Uh, a few years ago, I was involved in something called the Celtics Playbook. I don't know if yeah, you heard about yeah, no, this, I'm but um, one of the great uh, parts and of you that. We did this with Lawrence School System. We too, did. Correct. Yeah. And one of the, I think, mind blowing things for our students was just going um, back and forth. So some of the students from Lawrence would come to our school, we'd go to their school, but just the exchange of stories and, and, um, you know, the different stories from each school, but how we all, even though we're experiencing different things at schools, the similarities in each student. Um, so just going to go visit that, visit schools. Also, I'd love to, there was mention of um, the Holocaust Museum um, when we went to the... The one in Washington, D.C.? Not that one. There's, I was like, that would be yes. a really big trip. <laughs> I'll have to look at this. But when we went to the um, Youth Congress, there was an exhibit, there's a... Um, at some college and I'll have to check and look oh, okay. into that, but I'd love to, I'd love to go visit that. Sure. I mean, there's, you know, I actually got invited to speak to Pat McGravy's eighth grade civics mm-hmm. class. Um, and to your point, uh, I know that we have curriculums we have to follow and everything. Uh, but I do like the fact of maybe bringing people in our community to come in and talk about, and in this case, talking about issues that would pertain to actually uh, like the world of different stuff. We have amazing residents in this town that people don't know that have incredible stories. Um, and in, in Pat's case, it was a civics class, obviously, but I was with Diana DeZoglio and other mm-hmm. you know, politicians and stuff. And I just feel that kids learn better when they hear stories. I'm a big believer in storytelling and uh, you know, hearing people's stories. So yeah, maybe that's something, and I don't think you need a budget for that, I'll be honest with no, you. No, we don't. There's, right. there's tons of people would be more than willing to come in. I know that when would... you ask about budget, I really can't think of anything <laughs> extra we would need. I mean, we've been so supported by everyone and so much of what we do doesn't require any money mm-hmm. well principal george and uh superintendent gilligan are probably happy that you answered it that way after, <laughs> after I told i'm kidding give us all the money no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so we're about to wrap up this podcast and it's been great but we always give our both of our guests if we have multiple guests uh what we call our final word and uh, you can be anything you know address it to our, our listeners will be kids adults par- professionals in your in our community and what would you like to have people hear one final word from both of you on, on your program? I'd kind of mentioned this earlier, but um, I think a lot of times, like on the news, you only hear and see the bad that's going on. And you might hear, when I moved to the middle school, a lot of my colleagues 
are you crazy? Middle school is the worst <laughs> years. Kids are fresh. Kids are, and I don't find that at all. I think um, these students at the middle school, whether you're in the World of Difference program or not, they are inclusive. They have empathy. I think I wish people would hear more stories about how strong these students and how wonderful they are. Rebecca. I would just want to say thank you to all of our students who participate in the program. You make it really easy for us to work hard at work that is worth doing. That's awesome. Um, If there are students interested in getting the future, they can see you down at the middle school. But how about some, uh, what contact information can you provide for parents that just want to hear more about this program? Both of our emails are on the North Andover Middle School website. I'm more than happy to spell mine out, but my last name's pretty rough. (laughs) Um, So I think the best thing to do would really be to go to the website. So they can email you from the website. And obviously, kids that are walking around the building, you you both have an open door policy. They can come in and hear about it. And hopefully, we can continue to grow what you guys are doing at all the levels. Like I said, obviously, we got some great stuff going on at the high school and what you guys are doing at the middle school. And then. You know, if we could ever get down to the elementary school, I think there's a, a lot of worth doing that. So I want to thank you for coming on our, our podcast. This would be great. This will get up in the uh, in the next day or so on all of our podcast sites and our YouTube channel. And um, want to let our listeners know we have uh, a number of uh, podcasts coming up. We're trying to do one a week. Uh, we will be doing part two of our addiction series with Nancy Sideri, and that's coming up in the next two weeks. So uh, I want to again thank our guests and this incredible program program and as we finish every podcast we always say too much passion is never enough passion.